Desmond Tutu once said, do your bit of good where you are. It's those bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. Haley here, and you're listening to the Bits of Good podcast. This week, I had the chance to talk to JC from ASYV. I first learned about ASYV through a trivia night I participated in with CTAOP. Now, I know it sounds like I'm just throwing together letters of the alphabet here, but I'm going to let JC spell it out and educate us on the incredible work that ASYV does. My name is Jean-Claude Murikinfra. I am from Rwanda. I am the proud executive director of the Agahosa Shalom Youth Village. In, uh, in short, we at Agahosa Shalom believe that every child deserves a family and a home where he or she can, can be safe. So we believe that Agahosa Shalom uh, can serve as a model to heal traumatized society through um, caring for its children. In order to fully understand the purpose of ASYV, one must understand the history of the Tutsi people in Rwanda. 27 years ago, in 1994, we had a genocide um, in Rwanda that claimed the lives of over 1 million people, 1 million Tutsi. And um, after this uh, genocide, we, Rwanda was seen as a failed state. Um, it would have really gone uh, into countries that uh, would probably need assistance forever. But there was a generation of young people who fought and uh, stopped to stop the genocide. Not only did they stop the genocide, but they worked to build a country that is based on the on, on, on national unity. Right after the genocide, um, life was uh, extremely hard. But slowly, this country started to rebuild itself. And this is when an angel, Anne Heyman, heard about uh, the genocide against the Tutsi. Um, and she said, what can be done? And uh, in 2006, she came to Rwanda for the first time and uh, looked at what, ev- uh, what everybody was doing, uh, what international NGOs were doing, what the government was doing. And uh, she found that there was uh, hundreds of thousands of orphans, kids who have lost their families and, uh, and displaced and everything. And so she looked at uh, uh, a model that could help to sort of bring hope to children who had lost everything. And so that's when uh, Agahosa Shalom was founded. Anne had seen existing models with orphanages and felt like they weren't addressing the youth as a whole in a holistic way, not just in education, but also their emotions and everything that they had been through. She knew that in Israel, they had, they had uh, um, created youth villages, and so she decided to study about youth villages. And uh, she found a youth villages that cared for uh, teenagers. And since it was 10 years after the genocide here, she said, if a kid has survived uh, to, uh, to the age of 14 or 15, can he or she be given a second chance to life? And that's how she adopted the model um, out of Israel. And um, she built this village in no time. In 2007, she laid the foundation stone after having bought a piece of land in the eastern part of uh, uh, the country. And in 2008, we welcomed the first cohort of 125 uh, genocide orphans. Now that we know the ABCs of ASYV, JC's going to take us through the 123s of their impact in the youth village. To date, we have welcomed more than 1,500 kids. We have 500 kids in our program. 60, uh, over 60% are female. 
because girls are, are more vulnerable than boys. And they all come from all 30 districts of the country. We have a thousand who, a thousand who have graduated. A number of them are back uh, working at Atagahoza Shalom. But I want to say uh, one of the things I'm most proud of is that more than 60% of our kids are helping somebody else. The spirit of healing and the spirit of learning to give back to the community, this is what our kids are doing today. And so they are making our country a much better place, a much safer place for the next generations to come. Much like a small child who never grew out of their why phase, one of my favorite questions to ask people is why? Why do you do what you do? I believe this question often gives insight into the place itself, but also into the person. Because ultimately, it's the people who make a place. And places like ASYV don't exist without people like JC. I come from a family, uh, uh, I think, parents who had Agahosa Shalom existed in the 60s, they would have gone to Agahosa Shalom. Both of my parents were orphaned. Both of my parents were refugees. I was born in a, in a foreign country. I was born, um, I would say, without a passport. They didn't have a right to a passport. I was a refugee for a long time because uh, Rwandans um, uh, who were of a certain category were not allowed, uh, were disenfranchised, I would say. They were not allowed to have a country. And so, uh, looking at how my parents grew up and how difficult it was for them, I felt uh, and, 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 and them being able to, uh, to, give my, to give me and my brothers a life, uh, a life of dignity, I felt that the only right thing to do in life was also to try to provide dignity to uh, children uh, in my own country. And that's what actually our mission says, you know, through healing, education, and love, Agatha Shalom empowers often and vulnerable youth, Rwandan youth, to build lives of dignity, to contribute to a better world. And that's what we are about, building, building lives of dignity. You went through those things, so when, when kids come through, you know what they're going through. Absolutely. And, uh, and at times, kids will challenge me. They'll say, like, you know what? You're not a survivor. You're not an orphan. What do you know about our own situation? Why do you want to help us? Why, why, why do you think you're the right person to help us? And I said, I absolutely can never feel in your shoes. I can never be, you know, uh, uh, be in your situation. All I can do is probably empathize. But I know one thing that you and I have in common. What we have in common is you want to make your situation better. You want tomorrow to be better than today and the next day to be better than tomorrow. And that's what I want for myself. I have your interest at heart and I want to grow with you. And they're like, okay, okay, not bad, okay. I guess you fit. I'm like, okay, thank you <laughs> for accepting me. It's that sort of the baseline need of just needing a safe space, needing a place where you can trust people, the stability, the security, uh, the community. And it's the magic of it. It's the magic of it. At Agahosa Shalom, we recruit the most vulnerable kids. We recruit kids who come from refugee camps now. You know, there were atrocities in Burundi um, uh, over the past decades. And uh, a lot of kids moved and families moved to Rwanda 
We recruit them. We recruit kids from the streets uh, who have lived uh, on the streets here in Rwanda. And so the moment they find safety, they find shelter, they find food, and they find love, you could see them sort of mushroom, you can see them uh, become like beautiful roses, you know, and uh, that's all you need. You just need to give them care and, and, and learn to listen. That's the thing, learn to listen, learn not to be judgmental, learn to uh, give them the ability to make mistakes and accept them in their mistakes and uh, they will test you. They will do a lot of things wrong, you know, and you just have to accept them. And you just have to tell them, I will never give up on you. You just don't have to give up on yourself. We have uh, mothers who, when they come to Agarazu Shalom, we, all we want is that we wanna be sure that they treat them as they would treat their own children. And we are very, very adamant about that. Love is what is going to, you know, when a kid is sick, they take them to the clinic. And I think one of the most endearing moments for me is that in this time of the pandemic, um, we have kids who are sick and they go to hospitals. And uh, while going to hospitals, you take the risk of contracting COVID-19, but these mamas will go with them at the risk of their own lives, because they're in their 50s. Uh, some of them has, um, have some um, preconditions. And they're like, you know what? I'm not going to give up on my kid. And when the kid sees that, you know, um, Anne Heyman uh, once said uh, uh, to a kid, um, uh, what can I do to repay? She said, don't pay me. Uh, don't, don't thank me. Pay it forward. And you know, when the kids see that love is given to them, they pay it forward. It's automatic, you know, it's just automatic. And I think that's one of the things we, we, we believe that uh, we, we can be a model that, that really works. You take somebody who, who's been abused emotionally. We take somebody who, a young woman who uh, probably an abusive uh, guardian, could have wanted to probably put them up for prostitution or something, you bring them to the village and uh, you show them love, you show them care. They come back and they show love. Uh, uh, they show love, they build families. Same for boys who uh, might have gone into some difficult situation and uh, had to use drugs for coping mechanism. Uh, they come out of it they go on to start businesses, go to tertiary education, start families of their own, uh, care, uh, really deeply care for their own children. And that's what I tell them. You know, I am that second generation of extreme vulnerability. So if my parents have made it, that means you are going to make it because you are the first generation of extreme vulnerability. You know, from a day-to-day -day perspective, what, what does that look like? Well, you, we have an education program really that uh, delivers an inclusive uh, uh, 
I would say secondary school uh, education program that is really child-centered. So we want to be sure that we put our, 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 our students at the center and uh, we start with what we call an enrichment year. So our enrichment year, um, because we know the schools they come from and because we know that a number of our students, 60% of our students probably have a hard time having a meal a day. So we know that their grades are not going to be good. And we know that 60% of our students would not have completed high school if they had not come to Agarza Shalom. So we have this here that we go back to the basics. We start English, like really from teaching, hello, good morning, how are you, to making sure by the, by the time they, they, they end the year, they're able to put a sentence together, they are able to write a paragraph, they're able to communicate, they're able to, ha to have sketches, uh, they're able to sort of express themselves uh, in English. And, uh, and then that's when they choose uh, what you call a combination. And so that's sort of the track that they are going to follow in high school, and uh, from that moment they uh, they follow the normal high school program. But still, we have enrichment program that are in um, uh, that range from arts to science to music to theater to drama, all sort of things, and uh, and they just get they learn to explore. And so they learn to use their hands. They learn to to uh, uh, to express themselves, and in their homes they have what we call family time. So each night they they stay they, they regroup as a family. They talk about their day. You know, the mama says, "How was your day? How was your day? How was your day? How did it go? What went well? What went wrong? Did anybody upset you? How did you react to this?" And they feel that they're cared for. And every Friday, we have what we call village time. The village time is a day where anybody can go on stage. We have an amphitheater. They go on stage and they perform. And it's a place where we don't make fun of anybody. We just, uh, uh, we just uh, clap for anybody who uh, goes on that stage. And then that's where we nurture talent. And that's why they find their talent. And uh, a lot of our kids have gone to become musicians, uh, poets, artists, uh, uh, producers, and, and a lot of things that you would have never found in a normal uh, high school program. And, uh, and uh, I mean, we have superstars, like we have national superstars. We have kids who produce music, uh, that are listened to on uh, on uh, on uh, different programs, international programs, and uh, and uh, the, the the most amazing thing today is that kids find their own heroes in graduates. You know, like oh my god, I would my dream is to be like so and so. Do you know that he's a graduate from Agarza Shalom? I'm like oh, what really? You know, and so uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, uh, what our program uh, is. We, we, we want to be whole. We want to have parental wholeness. We want that when a kid comes with some fresh wounds, by the time they leave Agarazo Shalom, they are very well aware that they have a scar and the scar is gonna be there with them for the rest of their lives. We want them to know that in spite of this scar, they are going to have a life 
and they're going to have a good life. For everything that's been going on, you know, with COVID and everything, um, how has that affected what you all have been, the work that you all have been doing? A number of our kids have lost their only existing parents. So if they had a mother, if they had a guardian, a number of them have lost some of them. But in addition to that, when we talk about COVID-19, we also talk about extreme poverty. So if you are poor or extremely poor, you really, really go below. And so as Agahoso Shalom, when it hit us the first time, um, it was amazing how some of our students who had graduated from Agahoso Shalom decided to raise money for our students at Agahoso Shalom. And I think it gave us the courage and the world over our own little community, our own, I would say, global community of supporters also decided to support. And so as Agahoso Shalom, each month we were providing support, financial support to our kids. But we also realized that by providing support to a kid, we were actually providing support to an entire family. So we're providing something close to $50 uh, per kid, but it was $50 that was going to a family. Uh, families were fixing uh, leaking roof. Uh, family were buying food for, uh, for, for everybody, for the entire family. And so um, we had a community of people who really supported and uh, we are, I would say, indebted to them uh, uh, for that and forever and, uh, and, and, and all of our kids. And so they, are, they understood that uh, uh, the whole spirit of uh, giving back is something that also they owe to the rest of the world. So our philosophy is about healing and also uh, repairing the world. And that's what our kids have been doing. And so anyone listening to this, how can they do their bits of good alongside of you and what you all, the work you all are doing? How can people support you? Number one, I think um, if um, anybody could sort of go on our website, uh, that's the first thing to sort of really see what we were doing. Look at our YouTube page, look at what our kids are doing. Understand that this is a model that is worth replicating. It is a model that is worth supporting. I would uh, uh, love to invite anybody listening to this podcast to come and visit Rwanda. Come and visit the Agahoso Shalom Youth Village and really see how transformation really happens uh, in real life. You know, and uh, you don't need to, you don't need uh, millions of dollars to support. You just need to come and see and just contribute and, and support to uh, how life transformation uh, uh, takes place, you know. Yeah, I think uh, uh, visit us, visit uh, the work that we do, talk to our children. I'm happy to take any phone call from anybody. We just love visitors. And, and, and on top of that, there are opportunities as well, opportunities for young people to volunteer. Um, there are uh, lots of opportunities uh, to, 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 to support the village. And uh, uh, I'm, I would be extremely happy and humbled to speak to whoever would like to 
uh, support in any way. I know, I feel that once you come to visit the Agarza Shalom, you become an ambassador for life. We do not transform kids. They transform their own selves, but we just give them the platform for them to, uh, to be able to transform themselves. As this episode comes to a close, JC is going to share one of these stories of transformation with us. I recently received a letter from one of our, our young boy who, um, who's an amazing guy and who, was a, 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 who is a great photographer. And uh, I think a couple of years ago, he, uh, he and his friends took some photos that were not very appropriate and they posted them on their Instagram page. And, and so we got to see it and like, hey, what's, what's going on? What do you think? Uh, uh, what do you think is the impact of what you're doing and things like that? And this is a young person who was used to punishment. And uh, we just told him like, listen, you know, repair this. Just repair it on your own. Decide how you want to repair it. You know, we're not going to tell you what to do. And uh, he was shocked that he was not punished. He was not uh, uh, asked to do something that uh, was really going to hurt him. And uh, in the end, he repaired it in his own way. And he wrote a letter to us saying, I am so thankful that when I did something wrong, nobody really punished me. You just spoke to me. And I can guarantee this has been a life lesson. And, uh, and I will prove to you how uh, impactful I'm going to be to my community and to everybody. And uh, this is when I realized how um, parenting is timeless. You know, uh, you don't have to have an outcome immediately. You know, you, you say something and you hope for the best. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, if anything, we've, we've, we are teaching them how to be problem solver. We are teaching them how to be critical thinkers. We are teaching them to, on how, how to be people of value. And that's what matters in the end. To learn more about ASYV, you can go to asyv.org. You can also go to aptivist.app slash podcast and check out the episode guide there with all the information you need to get connected to ASYV and to help support their mission. As always, thanks for listening and until next time.